This is for the nerds, this is for the brainiacs, this is what we deserve. Go ahead and play it back, you ain't gonna touch me, you're not gonna do nothing, you are not above me, I bet you wish you was me, I know it, I know. What is poppin', everybody? To another special episode of the Only Friends Podcast. Well, you know, it's me. And Mr. 10-3 suited himself. There what is, is poppin', Landy? Back. Look, guys, door was 10 do suited. I got 10-3. Uh, J-, J. Cody, 6-bet jam, 10-4 off. Them beat aces. You know, mm-hmm. everyone's got to have their 10x hand. Yeah. J. Cody was gangster as fuck. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean to take this away from you, but, like, you ain't that breed, bro. <laughs> <laughs> You want me to try? <laughs> no. I'll do it again? No, no, no. Just, you know, the, the, these older school online guys, when we were figuring shit out, we didn't have any books or, or machines or anything like that to tell us like what was okay. We just decided everything was okay. There was some shit. Patrick told me the reason why he got into poker was he was at a live event and Jake Cody peeled his cards a little bit too high and Patrick was watching and saw Jake Cody like just go for it with an absolute wild rocket man hand mm-hmm. and he was just like oh i guess this is how bluffing works <laughs> and now here's patrick uh, 18 years later it's not it's not really all that far off uh there was an epic hand i don't remember if it was a scoop final table or w coopers I, I believe it was on stars i'm almost positive i know about one of those uh mm-hmm. where it was like eight bets pre and i think it was um i want to say his last name was oliver i can't remember his name right now okay um but he was just like notorious him and mormon were like the most notorious clickers of all time pre-black friday as preparation i watched the youtube video of mormon soldier never saw it really yeah i don't know what that is it was something that somebody made about middleton thomas yes midi hit the hole yes hit the hole hit the hole hit the hole it was like a music video basically memeing how mormon backed everybody back in the day and i didn't know all of this stuff but i'm sure you guys did this is back during your time oh man there were times where like oh it was chris oliver that's that was his name okay he was just a notorious gangster uh they are the people that win yeah but there were times like i don't know how public all of this is i'd be really curious to see if like mormon is (laughs) told his story on podcast or anything like that or maybe we have him on one day but i think we should i know that there were definitely times where uh he like had he was like all in between himself and his horses like during w coops or scoops or Mm -hmm. whatever where like he had this big stable and himself playing you know max volume max re-entries whatever and he was just like all in but had you know seven figures comfy (laughs) (laughs) and it was just all on the line in Mm -hmm. one series or or whatever uh yeah he was he was very fucking aggressive both on and off the felt yeah relatable i i can totally understand i've been there (laughs) (laughs) chauncey Chauncey heard about the ox chauncey heard heard about the uh the ox dick that that we're all having this Mm -hmm. summer and you know (laughs) He decided to indulge in a little of his own. Is that, is that what's for me when I don't wear pants? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah exactly. Yeah. God, the sweats look great, kid. Thank you. This, I like this fit. I do too. I mean, you know, not for a Michelin star restaurant, but no. totally fine for the gym. If Kanye wore this, they'd let him in. 
Yeah. Yeah, you're not Kanye. Exactly. Not not. You're not even the white Kanye. <laughs> also, if, Con- if Conrad were it, they'd let it him in too. So, you know, Kanye, Conrad, same thing. If you have Con yeah. in your name, you're in. In some capacity. Amen. I don't think they would let you in, sir. I'd bet whatever you want. Look, I'm going to be honest. I'm not a fan of the fine dining type stuff. What? It's never been my thing. I'd rather cook my own food. I'd <laughs> no, rather let him cook. Do chicken and rice. You right. like habanero, right? I love habanero. You like Nobu, yeah. right? I like it, but I would rather do other things. You like to cook. I like to cook. You mm-hmm. cook. I do. You don't want other people to sometimes cook. Sometimes you cook, sometimes you overcook. <laughs> you overcook with that 10 3. I did indeed. <laughs> yeah. I went, I played a $500,000 pot with the timing read and I was wrong. I, I, mm. I, do we tell the people about the hand? I think we should. Um, Laszlo Boites opens button, P- Omaha for rolls, like legendary high stakes, PLO, Triton guy, like plays everything. Yeah. He opens off 150. This is just day three of one of the biggest tournaments of online for the year, 10K main. About a million first? Yep, about a, a million, point oh three. Uh, I have 183 bigs in the big blind with two tables left. 183 bigs. 100. Is that a lot in a tournament? 183 big blinds? I had... As uh, as my Euro friends like to say, the lot. I had infinite. <laughs> uh, I defend 10 3s clubs, Flockham 776, Rainbow with the club. I check, he snap bets quarter pot. And I'm just like, I don't think you snap bet a seven. But I check raise small, he calls, turns a six. I'm like, well, if I'm check raising a six for protection, getting some ace highs to call and then fold. Uh, I go B75, so I go 75% pot, which is like 10 bigs in the 13, he calls. River is an offsuit eight, and I'm not someone that likes giving up. And I was like, well, he could still have aces and kings and queens that can maybe snap bet and then check raise or call check raise, defend turn. Because so many people will check raise barrel and then give up. How, how often is he folding the aces and the kings? Probably not on turn, but on river. No, on river, I mean. I think enough. Obviously, you think enough if, if you're going to make that play. Because... I think enough, but at the same time, I was completely wrong in the read, but the snap bet is polar, not linear, where he has mm-hmm. a really good hand or he doesn't have a really good hand. Mm-hmm. So after he calls flop and turn, it's probably likely he would have folded all of the air on turn. Right. But in game, I had a completely wrong read. I just completely messed up. And I was happy that I went for it with the read, but ignorant in the fact of what the read meant. Right. And I go for it. He tanks and then calls with king seven. And he's not tanking to fold. He's tanking to think he could free roll me off of a chop. Where if I have a seven and he jams, it's disgusting. Yeah. Right. He could just sure. have seven, eight. He can have quad sixes. How, how, how much did he have back? A lot. I bet like, 31. You bet 31. When he called, if he jammed, he would have jammed for like 90 more. Oh my Wait, God. so you guys are like one and two in we chips? We are one and two in chips. My mm. God. Would you have like yeah. 15% of the chips in play? I had a lot, man. ICM is for poor people is what you're saying. No, ICM is not for poor people. I just went with the read and I was wrong, you know? And it's one of those things where people will always look and tell you. But I mean, after the hand, you still had, you still had like over a hundred bigs. Yeah. I mean, I still had 120 bigs or something. Like I was still cooking. I had some post flop spots that were kind of nasty. It wasn't like that was the hand that like destroyed you. It wasn't a hand that destroyed me, but it's definitely a hand where pot value is worth a lot. A ton. A lot. It's also, he gave ton. chips to one of the best players left in the field. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did do that, you know? But I, I wanted them for myself, you know? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a greedy guy yeah. sometimes. Laszlo is Omaha for rolls, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and he got oh, second. No. Absolute legend. Five bet jammed, ace four suited into aces and one. Mm. Um, that's, how, that's how you become a legend. You yeah, stop, you go for it. No, you stop losing with it. Yeah, you win it. Yeah. <laughs> you become a legend when you win. You become, you become uh, the meme cat jammer when you lose. Yeah. 
Yeah, nobody's ever heard of you whenever you keep ripping the Ace-5 and just fucking felting it every These single time. These guys on stars in this 10k main were absolute rocket men. Like, it goes open 2, click to 4.8, mm -hmm. click to 10. Mm -hmm. It's Everyone wants to say they got aces, but everyone knows they're a bunch of rofflers. Where they're just like, yo. You know, you've said that word six times rofflers, already today, yeah. and I don't know what it means. I, I was going to let it go because I was pretending <laughs> oh, like I knew what it he meant. He said it at least four times in the car, and I was just like, uh, he's doing that it, thing again. It, it was, <laughs> it's like where he picks a word up, and then, and then like... But this is clearly a British it. term. Right. Like he just spent yeah. three weeks with Brits. Mm -hmm. Right. I spent three weeks with Espen right. Patrick so he using and using these oh, words Andy. and then But he just expects us to know what it means. Not no, 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 no. He's gatekeeping. Mm. He knows we don't know what it means. He's dying know. for us to well, ask what it means. You know that we don't know what roffler means. I don't think it's a real well, word. Do you know roffle stands for rolling on the floor? Like uh, laughing. Uh, rolling on yeah. the floor wow, laughing. That's so much worse than what I was expecting. Yeah. yeah so like oh, for I some, hate when people take an acronym and pronounce it phonetically. Well, lol. Oh my God. Phildo used to do that all the time. I don't do that stuff, but yeah. Instead of laughing, he lols. would literally say lol. Mamma mia. <laughs> but like, yeah, so like someone that's a roffler, someone that's like a, like a rocket man, you know, like crazy guy, you know, like you're kind of a roffler. Like people look at you as a roffler. Sure. Yeah. They see sure. you playing a live tournament. They're like, oh, Matt, Matt's crazy. Well, they're John they're not there. wrong. They see Brian in a tournament. Actually, like, they are wrong. I've wrong. come to realize that in tournaments, I'm just a big giant pussy. I just are you? Sit, yeah, I don't know when to put all my money in the middle, especially not preflop. I'm like <laughs> 35 blinds. I guess let's see three. I'm not yeah. real sure. Here. <laughs> well, the real answer is that the variance, the less variance option is jamming, but it feels like the higher variance option. When I found out that you could just squeeze jam for like 70 with Ace King, I'm just mm -hmm. like, yo. I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can do it. Just open, call, call, call. You have East King. Man, that was a fun one, actually. Small. Make, just make it 10. In. Yeah, so final two <laughs> tables. Uh, Alex Kulev opens cutoff. I three bet small blind. 100 effective with Ace King off. Kulev, this is final two tables. He is infinite. He's like fourth in chips. I'm like third or second. Uh, I have Ace King off. I squeeze to 11. He clicks to 23. And I'm like, all right, Alex Kulev, if you got it, you got it, buddy. And I just rip 100, and he snap folds the king-queen off, where mm -hmm. it's just like, you run into it there, it could be danger. Yeah. Or win a flip, win it all. That's the thing. You run into it, you can still win the hand. No, I get that, but <laughs> um, I don't like doing things without any degree of confidence. And I realize that <laughs> I've actually... You're in the wrong game, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Just... But I realize I've actually studied myself out of MTT play. Mm -hmm. Like, I've spent so much time now looking at deep stack like deep deep stack you know not 100 big blind stuff you know when you're studying 100 big blind stuff you can feel like it translates like okay well at some point in this tournament i'm gonna have 100 big blinds and like that'll be fun yeah level one right but when it does when, <laughs> you know whenever i have 50 i'm not that far removed from 100 big blind strategy mm -hmm. so i'll figure that out you're never gonna then, have 500 right right <laughs> so ah, you blow, if i had quads against oh, yeah, 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 you could have true. if you had sixes 320 there, yeah. yeah but no yeah. one else is gonna have more than fucking right. 90 yeah, yeah exactly you have to. so it's like i'm i'm sitting here looking at like you know when we can start to apply three e strats at 35 spr and realizing oh this doesn't fucking translate my mm -hmm. brain is completely wired towards big betting rivers yeah and i'm just like what am i doing out here man i have 35 mm -hmm. big blinds and ace jack versus a cutoff open uh, i don't i'm not folding see the thing Bro, is i did somehow i my brain just melted there was a spot uh like 13 left or something 
Uh, Omaha for goals opens cutoff. I'm small blind with 35 with ace jack off. And I'm like, I know this hand's supposed to V-pip. I'm pretty sure you're supposed to three bet fold here. But at the same time, big blind's kind of a clicker. Laszlo is a clicker, right? He clicks it, it's nasty. Jam seems like a lot. So I just mix for a three bet. And I'm like, all right, sometimes I'm going to mix for one. Flat's not great because if big blind squeezes, you're in this weird spot of do you just call back jam? Because you can't call recall, right? So... I just roll a one, and I'm just so over the hand. I'm so unconfident as like what the right idea is, and I'm sure there's something that I'm missing. And I fold, and we look at the cards of replay, and he just had aces. Wow. <laughs> it was like one of those things. Like it was white Sometimes magic. They just have it, <laughs> like, you know? I just got, I just got terrified. It's maybe... nice. It's nice whenever you get to scam someone every once in a while. Mm -hmm. It's a good feeling that you get to just play the cards up replay and, and find out that it was true. There was so there was a lot of spots where I had really really nasty decisions facing uh, Laszlo because he just knows how poker works and knows how to uh, use pressure. Where I would have bluff catchers, but like with ICM, like for chips I would call, but with ICM value, it's that weird in between of like first is a million. You know, these pots can be worth so much, and these decisions aren't worth very much at all because you bust and you're out. Uh, but I ended up folding a lot of close spots and it ended up working out where I saw that like he would pot a little bit bigger with value because after the 10-3 hand, it's like, yo, like, this guy's a giga whale. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I don't blame him. <laughs> like, So I had like a spot with ace-3 on a two-tone board, right? Ace-3 with a block, <coughs> with a suit block and he goes pot on the turn after big bet flop. And I'm like, man, I think he just thinks I'm just never going to fold a good hand mm -hmm. and just goes for it with value. I just folded. He had ace-7, so like he had a better, better ace that still played. And it was like, I felt good about making these decisions in game, but I also realized how much work I had to do. Like, poker is so difficult, and of course you're never going to have all the answers, but there's just so much nuance, especially when high amounts of money are on the line in these final two table high spots. High amounts of money with really good final players. Final table spots. Yeah. Like, I'll never play a final table like that tough again. And funny enough, I was sweating playing post-flop so true. much. Listen, man, don't... Once you start firing all these Tritons, you'll be yeah, there. Yeah, you'll be there. Maybe. Yo, I got to ask you guys uh, a question. Shoot. What if you have a box at the Bellagio? It's filled with dollars. And then you Simple go. dollars. You go to Bellagio today, and then you went to go access your box, and the key's not working. Um, so you get it drilled. And there's no money in it. When there was a bunch of money in it before. Because apparently that's what happened to Gordo. What? This is yeah. what happened to Gordo right now. He just tweeted it about 15 minutes ago. He said, I went to Bellagio today to access my box, and my key was stuck, not opening it. They wind up having to drill it, and when they lift the box out, it's empty. Extremely fucked up situation. If anyone has any insight on best steps, who to contact from here, please reach out. Oh, my God. That's insane. Doyle's final prank on Gordo was he got every last penny. <laughs> Yeah. Like my guy knew he was on his way out and he went in there he goes I have one last favor for you guys. <laughs> I need I need this one. Oh, that's crazy. Drill I mean, Gordo's I'm box. I'm sure they have cameras, right? Uh yeah, well I mean the only reasonable explanation outside of him actually having lost all the money and forgot <laughs> is that uh, he hadn't accessed his box in a long enough period of time to where they sent something out that said you know, uh, we're closing your box, yeah. yada, yada, yada. Please retrieve your funds prior to X date. Um, and if that's the case, I don't know what happens to the contents of the box. I like, can Jesus. imagine it was only, a, it's been a year. 
Like and maybe uh, you know, he's I, I don't probably know here he, for last summer. Yeah, maybe. Um, but sometimes they just randomly close boxes. Like I got my first Bellagio box in like 2011, maybe. And when I went broke midway through 2012, uh, it didn't take them long to close it. It was like four months of me <laughs> not accessing yeah. it, and they were just like, "Your box is closed." Uh, they sent me a letter in the mail, and I had to go. I literally, it was fucking stone empty. There was just dust in it, but I wanted to get my $100 That's deposit crazy. back. They sent, you, they sent you a letter in the mail? Yeah. Like, who reads letters from the mail? I mean, luckily I did. I got my $100 key deposit That's back. That's true, yeah. But like, fucking gas money, man. Like, when, you should never send anything important through the mail. Because most of the time, no. you are not going to get it. No, I agree, but like, at, at this point, like, how can you reliably contact somebody? If you call me, I'm not answering. Text message is the only way. Agreed. <laughs> I do agree. You don't answer phone calls? Fuck no, man. No. I don't phone calls? A dozen spam oh. calls a day. Oh, from people you don't know? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, if if someone does know me, they know not to call me. <laughs> really? I love answering phone calls from friends. Oh, that's so endearing. You don't like phone calls? I haven't enjoyed being on the phone since high school. Unbelievable. Back when it was the only option. Unbelievable. Unbelievable! Unbelievable! Uh, you gotta get you gotta get mail. You gotta get like a, le a nice letter. No, well, yeah, because I throw it away. Oh, actually, yeah, that would be that would be very sweet if like I had a pen pal sent me something nice in the mail. You know, that'd be fun. Like being forty one with a pen pal. Wow, well, I didn't say I want a pen pal. I'm just saying that would <laughs> be endearing. Yeah, let me let me hit up the women's prison. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Monica. It's been 265 days since I've seen you last. Yeah, you can start. You can practice your James Joyce writing. Yeah, actually, that would be a great endeavor until they get out. This fucking guy's not answering. Who? Who? Landon. Oh, no, my phone's on Do Not Disturb. Actually, <laughs> I'll get back to bitch. you. I'll get back to you. It's a good, good, uh, good co-host right there. Yeah. Uh, I got to give a huge shout out to our sponsor for the month, WPT Global. Right now, they are running their Prime Online Championship during the WPT Global Spring Festival. Landon put out a little tweet yesterday. Have you announced the winner yet? I did, I did. I did not announce the winner yet. That is something I have to do for sure. Okay, so you guys still have a chance to uh, win a seat to the WPT Prime Championship. There are 10 starting days that began all the way back on May 28th. It's going to run until June 4th, so it looks like you guys still have five days to get in there and play day one. Landon's giving away one seat over on his Twitter, He'll randomly pick one winner from all those who retweet and comment a screenshot showing a deposit to WPT Global below. Please include your username and user ID. So head on over to Landon's Twitter if you want to try to qualify and you're in a territory where WPT Global is accessible. Alrighty, uh, I'm going to head out of here because I'm going to max a reg the Tournament of Champions because, as you know, I won a circuit ring. You you're did. a champion. You're a champion. Uh, I could potentially be a double champ. You could, you know. <laughs> so and it's like, a, it's like a it's like a super champ because you beat a bunch of other champs. Right. It's like uh, WWE where they have uh, what is it Battle Royale. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this uh, is Battle Royale. Yeah, this is basically Poker, that. Poker's version of Battle Royale. Right. So you could be the champion of champions. Um, I have a question. Please. Do I get five percent of this? Uh mm. Did you have five percent of the ring? You did not. Probably not. But that's not what I asked. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Well, I, I saw somebody actually selling for this on, on Twitter. Sohab was selling for yeah, this. Yeah, I saw that too. And he was selling it based off of being a 10K. <laughs> Excuse me, what? <laughs> it's a 1K. He's completely trolling. Bro is overcooking. Because it used to be a so 10K. Is that, is that a yes? <laughs> Don't do this to me. 
He's he's using his platform to, to scare me. I'm out. I'm gone. I'm gone. I'm I gone. am. Look, I've made this kid very rich. I <laughs> want my goddamn return. Yeah. <laughs> if we win a tournament, we'll talk. But we, we win every. I made you rich. You got thirty. <laughs> you got rich off. I this. said I had thirty. It's fine. Yeah. You uh, got thirty k. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks I got rich. Yeah. I just think I broke even from the fucking tournament that I bricked the day Same. before. <laughs> you sold me five for that. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Like I said, I got even. <laughs> oh, Good luck, man. Landon. Good luck, Landon. See you down there. It's been nice having you back on set. Yeah. Really? Listen, he's got to get there. Real, real, gonna be real a lot of in and out this summer. Yeah. A lot of what? A lot of in and out this summer. There is going to be a lot there of in is. and out. You know, we're getting it popping, man. Mm -hmm. There is. We'll have uh, a lot of guests coming through. Tomorrow we'll be joined by Matt Hunt. Uh, don't forget, if you are a member of this YouTube channel, we will be giving away tag team partnerships tomorrow and every Friday thereafter until everyone's given away. We are. We're backed up here. Uh, we didn't yeah, give away we, Guapo yet. We're giving away two tomorrow. We're giving away Guapo and Matt Hunt. Oh, nice. Okay. So be sure to uh, brush up on your Matt Hunt and El Guapito El trivia. Guapito. As we'll be, uh, we'll be asking you guys some very important questions in order to see if you qualify. <laughs> so somebody gets to play with Matt Hunt and somebody gets to play with me. Oof. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Two very lucky winners. Mm -hmm. we'll also One be giving bit away, luckier than the other. Yeah, you could decide. <laughs> uh, we'll also be giving away some fun stuff for WPT Global. So <clears throat> for all of you who are not members of the YouTube channel, but are in a qualifying territory, uh, we'll be giving away some value there in tickets and uh, other interesting things. I'll, I'll have to talk to the team and see what they have available for us to give away. Um, getting into the shits, we had our first bracelet. We did. Yesterday. The employees event wrapped. Uh, one Peter Ty won the casino employees event. Let's go. $75,500. Uh, he actually beat friend of the podcast, James Urbanic. Heads up. That's P-Man poker for anybody who is uh, nice run, P -Man. out there in the Discord nice channels. Run. He's in pretty much every single fucking one of them. Uh, so he got second place for 4600 I believe he sold half of himself on... 46000 uh, Or sorry, 46000 <laughs> <laughs> Same event small. It's not that small. I believe he sold half of himself on the new uh, staking platform that Josh Ari runs, which I can't name poker because I want to say oh. Pocket Fives. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was for another reason. I'm like, no. wait, what? <laughs> poker, so it's PokerStaking.com? Pokerstake.com. Pokerstake.com. Okay. Yeah. So uh, congratulations to everybody who invested in P-Man. Uh, you guys are going to get a little bit of return. The 25K 6 Max is going to play down to a winner today. There are nine remaining. And I think we got to talk about this, man. Mm. Got to talk about it? I think we got to talk about the this. The snake is, is in the grass. WSOP is kind of... Uh, a standalone in the sense that they don't really take a hard stance on these I don't know what to call it community issues. blacklists within the community mm -hmm. uh, if you recall Ferguson not only returned a handful of years ago after uh, kind of fading into the background for a while but then just went on and won player of the year max late regging every fucking event cashing yeah. everything in sight yeah. uh, and and to be honest um, I know this is probably a pretty unpopular opinion, but I didn't think there was anything wrong with uh, Chris coming back and playing WSOP events. Um, and I thought that it was a little bit out of line by the people who kind of took it upon themselves to 
really lay into him. Um, I'm mostly saying this because I don't know the inner workings of the full tilt hierarchy when it came to decisions. Um, but imagine, if you will, that like, you know, I turned Sulfur Y into some massive company, an online poker site or something like that. And it ultimately proved to be a complete Ponzi. But I didn't let you two in the know. And then you guys went and played WSOP events and were completely fucking torched because you were a part of something yeah. that, uh, you know, was a little bit nefarious. Um, I'm not saying he wasn't involved. Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. All we know for sure is that he wrote the software. So, like, I always thought that that was a bit blown out of proportion, especially since everybody ultimately was paid back. Um, but this stuff now with... Uh, I'm a still your bitch and, and the snake. <laughs> it's a little bit different, right? Like we are positive. Like there's confirmation from the platforms in which they were cheating on that. And granted, it's, it's, it's only confirmation through the fact that they're banned, but it's confirmation nonetheless. It's positive confirmation nonetheless. Um, they've taken millions out of this community, yeah. right? They've gotten rich off the backs of everybody else who's out here trying to earn an honest living. And I think that, like, it would be nice to see support from the WSOP side. It's the biggest festival in our community. It's only once a year. Um, I don't know what the status is of these guys on WSOP.com. If I had to guess, I would imagine that they're banned. I haven't seen either of their names on there um, since all of this broke. But uh, I know that they are seemingly not banned from the WSOP. And as far as I know, that's the only major live festival that they're not banned from. Uh, we heard this time last year from Triton, Triton. from PokerGo, from uh, EPTs, uh, as well as WPT, I believe. That one I'm a little less certain on, but I'm pretty sure they were a part of the alliance that was uh, kind of following the lead with the, the council. Uh, of integrity um and wpt or sorry wsop kind of just stands alone at this point where they're the only ones that haven't taken a hard stance on this i'm not sure why i, I don't know who even makes these decisions and uh if there's a particular legality reason or if they just don't want to set a precedence where the community has this kind of uh ability to you know this cat <laughs> is fucking awful. it's funny because <laughs> that monitor awesome. now is in real time Right. Um, so it's like looking in a mirror for him. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm not exactly sure why they they don't want to take the step, but it's really frustrating uh, not to just see you know Jake out there competing, um, but winning. Right. He won a bracelet last year. There's that famous image of him just sitting alone at the table, which was mm -hmm. so perfect. Yeah. Uh, all things considered. And now he is like, I think, seven of nine. Um, let me see here. Yeah, something like uh, he's eight of nine. Eight of nine. Yeah, there. I sent the article. Um, and yeah, I don't want to give this too much attention because, uh, you know, whatever. The guy, the guy doesn't really deserve the shine at this point, but he's a very good player, obviously. And uh, the way in which he got good isn't necessarily uh, a lack of hard work. It's that he was overly compensated for that work, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, the, the big thing that people need to understand is whenever it comes to using RTA, uh, <laughs> what's happening is these guys are being paid 
a, a massive hourly to basically mimic or, or, or to execute uh, GTO strategies. And of course, that'll get burned into your brain. You'll learn a lot in the process. So imagine if like while you were using a GTO trainer, you're also getting paid $1,500 an hour. You'd learn a lot and get very wealthy in the process so that when you were finally refined, you'd get to fire the biggest things in the world. Right. It, it's just, uh, you know, it's something I wish we did a better job of scrutinizing. What, what do you think um, the link between GG and WSOP over the next coming years, do you think that would um, change this at all? I'm really not sure because GG kind of had that open door policy where they just like welcomed everybody back, right? And pretty much everybody got to appeal and almost everybody got reinstated, the exception obviously being the two. The two. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure if that softens the stance or if it uh, could potentially lead to them applying a little bit of pressure to WSOP and saying like, look, we need you to, to get on board. Mm -hmm. um, my guess is that they won't have that level of influence. But I'm not really sure, to be honest. Um, and the, the biggest reason why I say that I don't think they'll have that level of influence is because I don't think GG ultimately cares that much. I think that they just did something publicly that looked very good for them as a brand and looked like made it, made it appear as though they really do care about the community. Agree, but they... So this Integrity Council, they do care. To a certain extent. Like, you I know, would think like, so, yeah. People care. And I think that they might be the voice behind pushing something like that. Yeah, I would hope so. I, I mean, what seems obvious to me is that uh, guys like Rob Young, who are able to move a lot of big pieces behind the scenes, mm -hmm. uh, just it, it, the, it's like a hard stop between every other uh, live, you know, event or uh, company or whatever that's going on. Like he has good relationships with almost all of them because they all have some sort of online gaming uh, running in the background. Yeah. And then there's WSOP. You know, they got legalized in Nevada. That's the sole place that they operate. Or, or, or sorry, um, in place. the United States, yeah, that's yeah. the sole place that they operate. And um, they are just very much beating to, or marching to a beat of their own drum, which it's fine. Again, like, I, I'm not even trying to be critical here. I, I'm just like kind of disappointed. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, I hate to see somebody rewarded that has been completely outed as uh you know someone that has has stolen from this community right it, it's it was nice last year to have the peace of mind to hear that they're just not welcome to make money in our game any longer and i i think that when we look at other games that is just across the board the stance that they take if we look at chess there isn't a world where uh somebody gets found out to be a cheater and they don't get banned in the crossover, right? Like, mm -hmm. I don't recall what ended up happening with the Magnus Carlsen accusations of, was it Hans or yeah, Jans, whatever. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember what the final outcome of that was, but I believe that all of the evidence of him being banned on chess.com for having cheated in online games translated over to live. Yeah. And he basically got removed from, from uh, competitive play. Okay. Right, I, I just don't see any reason, especially when we're gambling for real money, that we wouldn't operate under the same pretense. Where it's like, okay, well, we just have a known cheater who's blacklisted across the world. Why on earth are we making an exception? It just doesn't seem to make a lot of mm -hmm. sense. And it's like, I get it. Maybe, you know, the win isn't going to take a hard stance on them either or the Venetian or whatever. But like, 
okay, so they can play one fucking event mm-hmm. a year. You know what I mean? Like, uh, they get to play the one drop. That's it. And honestly, maybe not even that because I think that that has a WPT yeah, partnership it to is. it. Right. Yeah. Right. So, like, they just get to play a win championship event. Like, they're, re- they're reduced to playing 3,500s across America. Yeah. It's like, okay, that's a win for us. It's a big win, not a 25K six max where, you know, he comes in eight of nine at a star studded final table, uh, led by the Frenchman Axel Haley. Chris Moore is in second place with 45 big blinds. Uh, Joey Weissman, third with 42 big blinds. Let's go, Joey. Oh my God. I, I, I love this man. We are, we, we became friends through Nick Howard, uh, in poker detox and I'm about to butcher his fucking name. Uh-huh. It's so bad. Uh, <laughs> I'm just the worst, but it's Alexander. Volomir. <laughs> God, I was literally just DMing with him earlier too. It's like, I just can't get this right. Alex uh, V. Yeah, Alex I'm sure v. he'll correct me when I see him next, mm-hmm. uh, which I appreciate. He's in fourth. Uh, Sean Winter in fifth. Chance Cornus in, in sixth. Renlin in seventh. Uh, and Elior Sian in ninth place with 12 big blinds, or tied for eighth, I guess. Ren fucking Lin, man. Bro, he has so much fun. He's, he's the best. He has I so much love fun. Him. He was like two tables away the entire time, and he's just like enjoying every run out, every hand. Oh! Oh, just like having a blast. He's honestly the best. Like he is what poker should be. <laughs> yeah, this it's is great. This is gonna be a fun final table to to uh, watch play out. I think it's gonna be the first streamed event um, from Poker Go, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe the employees event was yesterday, but I don't believe so. Final uh, six, right? Because it's six max. Yeah, final six. I don't so think it was. nine left. Uh, it'll actually probably be final seven. I think they usually consolidate unofficial final table of seven. This is um, all paywall, right? I believe so. Yes. I think. Don't they do like uh like the first like hour or something? They they put it for free. On Maybe YouTube? they they did that last year where they did like an hour for free, and then we want you want to watch it wrap up. You got to go behind the paywall. I think I don't know if they're doing it again this year, but it would make sense. Yeah, um, I'm not positive, but I know that like the entirety of it will be on Poker Go for sure. Right. Um. Man, yeah, a lot of sickos out there. A lot of guys going for uh, their first bracelets. I'm pretty sure Alexander doesn't have one. I don't. Does Weissman have one? Weissman? Yeah. Um. Probably somewhere along the line. God, does Weissman have? A I feel like I feel like he's just been in a winner's photo. So I want to say he does. <laughs> I want to say he does too. Um, I'm actually gonna go look. But I'm but I'm not Joe, positive. Joey's win won everything. He just wins, man. He's the yeah. best. Yeah, Chance in the mix also. Sean Winter, of course, went for a high price in this year's fantasy for a reason. He's there calling out fucking people's hands. Like, this guy is a goddamn alien, man. He just has deck reads like I've never seen before in my entire life. Um, So, yeah, it'll be curious to see how that shakes out. Hopefully, uh, we can dispatch of he who shall not be named. Uh, early, and we don't have to deal with him uh, making the TV final table, but we shall see, I suppose. Um, The other major talking point before we get out of here is uh, WSOP and The Win both made announcements yesterday with regards to how they're going to deal with um, accessing charts, databases, uh, lookup databases such as GTO Wizard, etc. 
And there are two different stances, which I, I think poses a problem. Um, we can run the uh, WC WSOP announcement first. Uh, I, I think this interview with Jack was pretty good. What am I hearing that through? No. No. Mute this. How? How did we hear that? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, that's on no me. Technical issue, my uh, fault. I was just wondering. Yeah, but like, uh, has my voice been echoing the whole time through there? No, no. Yeah. It was on pretty low enough. Uh, that okay, it, okay. It, yeah, it was that's very super low. Okay, good. Um, I thought that this was really good by Jack to clarify. Uh, I, I thought that his his points were very uh, proper, and they were made very succinctly. Um, he just wanted so and this is kind of what jeff and uh brent were alluding to whenever they were talking about uh the interpretation of that rule but i think that clarity was necessary because when we read the rule initially it was like okay very harsh penalties were going to be doled out dqs <laughs> at a minimum uh and potentially uh 86 86 for life right so th there were a lot of there, there, there's a lot of um fallout here if you do get caught but that was all specific for if you used it while in a hand, yeah. which is critical in my opinion. Like we have to police what's going on while you're in the hand. We can't have people getting real-time information, right? Um, what was left up for interpretation though was what happens in between hands. Are you okay to be looking at, you know, a push fold chart? Are you okay to be looking at, um, you know, something like GTO Wizard, where you're looking up a previous hand that was played minutes ago, hours ago, days ago, whatever, it doesn't matter. Like, basically, are you allowed to study in between hands? And it was really left up to interpretation because the language in the statement that came out through the Poker News article was such that um, basically said, you're free to do as you choose, but if the uh, staff deems you to be doing something nefarious, then we will punish you harshly and it's subject to the tournament director and it was like everybody kind of freaked out in the sense of like what the fuck does that mean like mm -hmm. you're not being clear at all with regards to what that entails and jack was abundantly clear here now in the interview what he said was he wanted to leave it open to interpretation because he wanted to be able to be flexible should something that they overlooked or not be able to clearly define in the rule take place such as you look at gto wizard and text a friend who's in a hand and he just has his phone resting in front of him and gets the response right, right. now the actual practical ability to do that is near zero if we're policing people being on the phone in the hand, right? Right. Because to text, to, to both send and receive text messages while you're in a hand would already be a violation. Mm -hmm. So he kind of already covered his bases prior to that um, by being very scrutin uh, or by heavily scrutinizing people who are in a hand with live cards not being on their phone. But this is kind of a fail safe of like, okay, well, we reserve the right um, to, uh, to, to police both parties involved should these rules get broken great i think that's fantastic uh i'm happy with the rule as it stands uh i think the clarification is really important for everybody to understand 
I would have also been fine with him saying like, you can't be on anything. You can't look at push fold charts. You can't, you, you can't utilize any of these tools if you're in the tournament area. I would have been fine with that as well. And that's the, which is the win stance. Yeah. What I'm not fine with is them taking two different stances. And the reason being is that the way poker works is that the, the, the most popular venue, the place that houses the most consumers and has the highest foot traffic is generally going to be the policy maker. It's going to be what we defer to mm-hmm. as the overall policy that dictates the market, right? We defer to the Bellagio and maybe now a little bit more so the Aria, but in the past, I mean, I can remember being in Pittsburgh and us calling the Bellagio and asking about a ruling to a floor person yeah. <laughs> and them just like, you know, telling you. It's like, okay, well, this is how the Bellagio does it. Therefore, this is the rule. I wonder if it's, um, if it maybe because it's too soon or, or they didn't have a chance to, but like to make this a, a TDA rule, right? Well, uh, I, I mean, that would only... That would only involve tournaments, but like I, I think that's what we're kind of what we're talking about here. At the yeah, I think we're mostly talking about MTTs, right. but also with TDA, with the TDA summit, um, it's it's not there, there's no like rule book. Yeah. Right. I mean, there might be, but the thing is, is it's still subjective to every room. Yeah, I guess so. you don't have to abide by what TDA TDA rules are. Right. Yeah. Right, but I mean, you could put it as like the TDA rules, and then you say that our room abides by the TDA rules. Now Correct. it's in the rule. Yeah, yeah, right. So, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then they they just get together and say, "Listen, this is the stance on these charts, and using them whether you're in the area, whether you're in a hand, when you're out of the hand, you're at the table, whatever it is." They come to an agreement, and then that's the rule. That way, everybody knows, and there's not yeah. this. One house has one rule, the other house has another rule, and I'm thinking I'm in one house and this and that. So ultimately what I think happens here is that this becomes a very harsh rule and a harsh penalty by the win because tens of thousands of people are going to interpret the rule differently from WSOP. Right. They're going to be like, oh, it's okay to be like, you know, at the table or even away from the table Correct. and and looking at a chart. Now someone does it at the win and boom, you're Correct. gone. We saw this yeah. happen with the big blind ante. Not every room would adopt the same uniform rule of anti-first or big blind right, first. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, even to this day, I'm not sure across the rooms who does what. Mm-hmm. I think I'll do... Um, anti-first. Anti-first. Anti-first now. is now, I think, the... I know for a fact win was big blind first, at least was, early. Yeah. I'm not sure if it still yeah, is or I not. I think everybody now is anti-first. Okay. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, obviously, not that this, this is a side tangent, but like anti-first is most player-friendly. And I think that that's the easiest thing to do. An- anti-first... It's Wait, the most player friendly. No, yes. no, big blind first is the most. Oh, right, right. So, blind, sorry. Yeah. So it was the right. first. Win, win, like, win I, was anti first. Right. People say, well, I can't. I, all I can win is my anti back. Yeah. But yeah. essentially, what you're doing is you're paying for the anti for every free hand you have, and then you pay it all at once at the big blind. So that's why it goes in first. Yeah. No, I understand why. I'm <laughs> telling not you. I'm telling. It's not the people. Right, but like, uh, and that's a justifiable <laughs> reason. But there's right. a counter argument to that too. Where it's just like, okay, well, then I would just rather pay my ante individually. Like, it's, there's a counter argument against the big blind ante, then, if mm-hmm. that's the logic that you use. Because strategically, then, it's just better for everybody if they're paying their own individual ante each hand, right? right? Because you get to make more informed decisions leading up to anting yourself off effectively right. yeah. uh, and playing a pot for a return on exactly mm-hmm. what you invested. But like you said, it's best to have it the uniform, uniform so you yeah. know yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
what the rule is and then you base your strategy around that. Yeah. Is WSOP for sure anti first? Because they were always hard on on uh big blind first. I, it was the win that was the anti it first. Was, I think was it? so I think it was the um WSOP was the only place that was Big Blind Big Blind first. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's changed there, but I do know everywhere. I'm pretty sure everywhere else. So this is the problem, right? right. We don't, yeah. even, we don't exactly. even know ourselves. I don't because... know if it's changed there, but I do know, pretty sure that everywhere else is right. changed. And the only reason that I know it to be relatively uh, assumed to be anti-first is because Savage has made such a big deal about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But really what it comes down to is the, the most opinionated version of a policymaker is going to be the one who ultimately... Yeah sets the trend or and, the precedent right did we, did we say i don't think we said exactly what the win rule was which is, is you cannot be in the tournament area at all correct uh, with a chart right. on your phone right so like so like if you are in the tournament area you just pull up flop them or gto wizard or what you what have you they can kick you out of the tournament yeah 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 so that becomes a pretty harsh penalty now for uh anybody who's mostly playing the wsop isn't really privy so i mean obviously it's on us as a community to get that message out but not everybody's watching these podcasts not everybody's watching uh twitter or the spaces and most importantly the people who aren't involved in social media in the the community in the way that we all are um are the people that are most casual mm -hmm. right so you're actually now levying the harshest penalty to the most casual of players and I think that that's really shitty because they're going to, again, they're going to understand and interpret the rules of this game off of the biggest player in the market, which is WSOP. So unfortunately, like they do get to set the tone for these policies. And when you're a bit of a detractor or you, you take it to the next level and make it a little bit harsher, um, it's fine, but it kind of just makes you a contrarian for the sake of being contrarian, right? Like, when is going to take a harsher stance on this they believe uh it, it it helps the integrity of the game a little bit more and look I, I again i don't care which one is executed right mm -hmm. i just really want it to be uniform i i basically want either wsop to adopt what everybody else is adopting or vice versa everybody to adopt what wsop is adopting because i think it's going to be a really unfortunate situation when somebody says like at WSOP this is fine and the response is this isn't WSOP. Yeah. Right? Because that's where the max exposure is coming from. That's where all the TV time is coming from. That's where the biggest foot traffic during the summer is coming from. People are just going to generally learn the rules and policies especially when they're new and they're being relatively newly enforced. Mm -hmm. Um with how harsh the penalty is for uh disobeying this one, I think it would be a really unfortunate turn of events i guess if somebody is like you know three feet away from the table and looking at a chart and yeah. looking at a chart yeah. yeah or even on on break you could be coming back like in the tournament area where there's like three minutes on break and you're just looking at it and then like you're in yeah. the tournament area like right is that grounds for disqualification right. you know, uh, of know. course like right. you know the the most obvious one would be you're just Don't at the table in between hands right yeah you know yeah. Uh, I find it to be especially strange too because the win already has a harsher penalty for being, or not a harsher penalty, but mm -hmm. uh, they scrutinize being on your phone mid-hand more than WSOP because right. WSOP lets you play WSOP.com. Mm -hmm. The win doesn't. So right. like there's a zero tolerance yeah. of being on your phone with live cards. So where I think for, for the players, for everybody out there that's playing this summer and all these different venues, um, 
listen, until this all gets sorted out and we get a uniform rule, just don't use these charts while you're around the tournament area or wherever you're at. You know, just just don't do it because like that that's the safest way to keep yourself from getting disqualified or or you know, maybe you weren't doing something nefarious, but you know, it's going to be interpreted that way. So just you know, stay off uh stay off these these charts and these uh these solvers until until everything gets sorted out and you know what you can do and what you can't do. Yeah, I I don't I, I don't want to I don't mean to be the 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 person who like just kind of levels the <laughs> the facade that's being built here but just get a fucking screen protector <laughs> no matter what you intend on doing do just that. like get yeah. get because like here's the thing okay all of these policies are being made that's great mm -hmm. but outside of a floor person walking behind you when you're doing something right it's literally like the likelihood of you getting caught cheating on a math test. You know, if the teacher doesn't actually catch you red-handed, you're fine. And I'm not saying that to encourage. <laughs> I know. It sounds I, I'm like just, it. I know. I, I'm just trying. Like, Bergy thinks that Bergy's telling people how to cheat. Right, of you course. know how people are. But yeah, but no, like, right. Look, like, look, we should stress test every single system, every single policy, everything that's out there. Mm -hmm. And in this situation, whenever it's clearly not going to be policed very easily yeah and even whenever it is by your peers like if i ca if i right. see you doing something it becomes a he said she said mm -hmm. this is a fucking mess like this just isn't the right way to go about it i understand it's a good temporary solution and i'm glad that the conversation is open and continuing to move forward i really will be bothered if this is where the policymakers stop and they think like oh well we solved that problem yeah we just fucking have it right because right now this is going to be effective because these tools are relatively ineffective, right? They're just not worth that much. It's a slippery slope too. Um, like imagine just watching a YouTube video and you're watching GTO check or two card confidence and right. he puts up a hand matrix. Like someone could easily be like, oh, this guy's cheating. It's like, mm. no, I'm just watching a YouTube video. It's just yeah. it's such a slippery slope. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that... Um, and, and like the other thing is too, like what then happens, right? So you get accused and you say, no, I didn't. And the guy next to you says, yes, I did. And the TD says, let me see your phone. And you say, fuck off. Yeah, I think I, I was thinking about this earlier. And I, I think how, how it pretty much would play out would be like, say someone accused you at the table of doing this. I think the, the tournament director would come over. Yeah, I, I don't think they would ask, like, give me your phone. I, I just, I don't think that that's how it would go down. I think more it would be like, you know, we're going to be watching you or, or, or like, you know, he says you did this, but we can't prove it. Do, do not use this kind of software on your phone while you're in this area. And, uh, you know, you will be watched. So it's kind of like, as like a warning of like, you know, I think that's how it would go down. I, I can't imagine being like, give me your phone. Cause right. Cause what are you going to say? Fuck you. Well, that's the yeah. thing. So that's and, the thing. Like, it's a private business. So right. if they say, like, let me see your phone. I want to see what you've been looking at. And you say right. no. And then they say, hey, oh, if you don't give me say, your phone, okay, you're, out. you're out. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so, I, I don't think it would come to that. But you, again, you don't know. You don't it, yeah. Really it's, know. it's a it's a weird, weird, slippery slope. And look, like, I I fully understand the complexity of the problem. And I have the utmost sympathy for the guys that are in charge that have to define these policies and figure out ways to execute them. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why I'm just saying, like, I'm, ha I'm totally happy with this as a temporary solution. I just hope that we as a community and, like, those 
that are in charge to make policy don't think that this is in any way, shape, or form a solution, right? Like, this is a temporary deterrent, and it's going to, again, function because right now these tools are all but useless. But they're not going to be useless forever. Mm-hmm. You know, we just saw today that uh, GTO Wizard and Ruse are now one. Uh, GTO Wizard has acquired Ruse. This is going to be massive, massive for the software development side of this industry. GTO Wizard is huge. It's a big platform. They're, they're going to be now a much more powerful platform, having one of the best AI solvers on the market at their beck and call, right? So right now, it's currently just a lookup database that has pretty limited function. And uh, though it's pretty easy for us to utilize as a study tool, it's not that easy to use as a lookup tool in real time or, or you know, uh, future time if you're trying to look at the next push folder, what have you, because all of that's very dynamic. But if it gets to the point where, you know, something like Ruse becomes app-based and it's just at your fingertips where you can run a solve in five seconds, all you have to do is have the parameters and, you know, maybe even take that a step further where they execute the GTO wizard interface where it's literally just a click-through function yeah, and you get the solve in real time. I mean... We're looking at something that is going to be potentially very powerful mm-hmm. as uh, as software assistance, right? So it's going to take a lot of coordination uh, between the guys who are developing the software, the policymakers, the operators, everybody who is at the head of this industry needs to be working together in coordination to ensure that safety protocols and measures are put into place, to ensure that security can stay at least on par with those who are looking to cheat, if not a step ahead. Um, And these discussions are going to be ongoing. They're going to be endless, right? Like with every single passing day, a new development is going to come from the, from the software side and, and understand that like, I know everybody's going to like go very chicken little and say like, Oh no, the sky's falling. Like, uh, we, we, we have to put the genie back in the bottle. You know, the, the, not only can you not, but just understand if this stuff is already available public, it's been private for a while, right? Mm-hmm. These things exist always at the highest levels. The people who are making the most money are the first to access these tools. Yeah. So privately, like this stuff has already been developed. It's already been accessible, right? People have already been utilizing it for good, bad, or indifference. Right. So we have to work in coordination with the software developers, with the people who are engineering these tools, uh, you know, get some sort of policy out there that is uniform across the community that says, you know, X, Y and Z will be acceptable or not acceptable at our venue and try to make it as uniform as possible, because, you know, as we mentioned, it's it's going to be critical for people that are playing a lot of volume in one place and then a low amount of volume or moderate amount of volume in another place to not get caught up in a trap. Um, Ryan from the win actually did just text me and he said, uh, you know, basically just a reminder, like it's not an automatic DQ. If you get caught, Yeah, it's going to be an escalation where if you're a multiple offender, then it'll lead to DQ. So there is going to be a buffer there uh, for people to kind of get accustomed to the rule to, to, to understand that it is different than WSOP. That's a fucking headache, though, for your staff. You it know, is, when you, you got to yeah. start issuing out yellow cards over and over again before you get to the red card. And, uh, it, you know, it, it, it becomes a lot of, like, kindergarten behavior of, like, mm-hmm. you know, teacher, teacher. It, he's. It'll be interesting to see 
how much of a problem this actually is, right? Like they put these rules in place and maybe they don't have to enforce it all summer. Well, that's right? the thing, man. Right? Like the rule hasn't been there or it's loosely been there for whatever, for how long these, yeah. these, these tools aren't new. Right. Snapshot has been around for seven years. Mm-hmm. I think I've but heard now of there's like, actually like a tangible, like, Hey, if you use this, you're going to get a warning. You're going to get a DQ. Or you're going to get sure, this. Sure. So like, let's just see how often that they actually have to enforce this rule. Uh, amongst players and, and and maybe we'll be pleasantly surprised to see that like uh, that's my point it's not is, a big of an issue as people think but that's my point like with a penalty or not like we just hear about people who are caught mm-hmm. doing this stuff yeah and there's been like less than a half a dozen cases in the last five or six years yeah and there's a lot of poker being played right there's a lot of poker being played these tools have always been readily available a lot of people have been studied the only reason why it's becoming more of a conversation now is because these tools are trickling down to mm-hmm. the greener uh players right that are are now coming out of the woodwork mm-hmm. so people who are just pretty fresh to poker yeah. and as as far as tournaments go i mean they're all the rule has always been in place that you can't be on your phone during a hand so right. like that's already in place to to really protect people from actually using this in real time yeah so i don't think i think moving forward as the technology grows and advances i think I think this is going to become more of a, a cash game issue, tournament issue. Agreed. Agreed. And that actually is where we've seen it pretty heavily policed. We've, right. peen, we've seen people like socially shamed. Yeah. Of like this kid is in a hand mm-hmm. and he has wizard pulled right. up. Right. Because you can just be on your phone during, during a you know, cash game. Right. It's not, uh, and not that, really... it's, it's ironic because uh, this did happen at the Bellagio a few months back. Mm-hmm. And there was no discussion. There was no heated debate about like what is okay, what's not okay. We just immediately accepted that if you're doing this while you're in a hand, you're fucking bounced. And if you're doing it in between hands, no one gives a shit. Right. Right. Yeah. And the reason being is because uh, you're you're dealing with depth. So no spot is as simple as looking up push fold. Right. But what people don't understand is there isn't as much value to understanding push fold. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, it's greater than not understanding push fold. Yeah. Tournaments are, have a lot more nuance and intricacy to them as well. So, you know, Poker Boss came out and said, look, look, at MGM Properties, we have a zero tolerance for this. If you're caught in a hand using software, yeah. boom, that's it. We, you're, you're out of the game. Mm-hmm. Like, see ya. Yeah. And everybody was just like, great. That's perfect. Why, why we're not just applying the exact same thing to MTTs? Like, why we're overreacting to this push-fold nonsense is beyond me. That's been around for a decade, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe even longer. You know, there's... All the way back to Jason McConnell at the WSOP main event feature table is staring at fucking charts. Uh, <laughs> there was people talking about how Polk had like uh, lookup charts whenever he won his turbo bracelet and was looking at him in between hands. It's like, bro, this is nothing new. Right. You know, this stuff has been going on for a long time. Uh, it just doesn't matter. It's mostly peace of mind. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. Maybe like really sharp players are are getting a pip of EV because they they know their boundaries a little bit more clearly but like they were never far off to begin with and they're already doing better than the average uh it it kind of is what it is we have to just suffer through a little bit of fallout from technology i think at the end of uh, at the end of it all but like we have to be very critical not to allow the rta type of shit so yeah i don't know we'll see how this develops moving forward i imagine it's going to be a conversation that we continue through uh out the series i think to brian's point like it'll it'll be curious to see how many people, if any, uh, are even reported or penalized for this? Yeah. Honestly, if I was setting a line, I would put it at like two. Right. And probably take the under. Yeah. Yeah. So it, won't, it shouldn't be too much. Yeah. So I, I really don't think this is uh, end of days. The sky's not falling. We're all going to be just fine. Yep. 
Uh, want to get out of here on a little bit of a light note. I did a podcast with the girls over at Ace Holes. Uh, Brian and I, we filmed a, a fun little skit. If you don't want to watch the hour-long interview, you can skip to the end. They did some timestamps on it. Uh, really fun bit. Uh, the, I have a future in acting. Yeah, I think you so, too. too. You, such a relief to be you crushed it. <laughs> about that. We're a little concerned about some photos that came into our possession. Did the lights just go out? Don't worry about it. Pal. Hey, guys, did I hear my name? I told you to wait in the car. I can handle it. I'm not happy about it. Nikki's not happy about it. Take a look at this file and tell me what you see. It's just such a relief to be done with the drama. Well, taste for the kids, you know. You guys want to, you guys want to head on over to. Uh, oh, you can just follow the link if you follow them on Twitter at Aceholes Pod. I think also on uh, YouTube you can find them at, at Aceholes Pod. Right. Uh, if you want to check that one out, it was a fun interview. Um, I've done a lot of podcasts and we've covered a lot of the same topics over and over again, but it, it was a little bit more uh, casual, I think, uh, knowing Nikki and Caitlin pretty well. So be sure to give them a little bit of love. Head over there, like, subscribe, leave a comment, and do the same for us. If you're new to the channel, please subscribe. It helps us out a ton. If you're a regular, you know, as always, smash that like button, leave us a comment below. Let us know what you think of the new policies, both at the WSOP and WPT. Uh, if the inconsistencies you, you think are going to be a problem, go ahead and let us know in the comments below. We will be back tomorrow. Uh, sorry. 10.30 a.m. Pacific. We'll be joined by Matt Hunt. We're going to cover a couple um, strategy conversations, maybe a few hands. Not really sure yet, but most Matt importantly... Matt bagged. He bagged the mystery bounty. He did. He's yep. going to pluck that million. I, yeah. I can feel it. Uh, most importantly, tomorrow we're going to be giving away two seats to the tag team event at the WSOP. One of you will win a partnership with El Guapo. The other will win a partnership with Matt Hunt. So be sure to brush up on your trivia of both as we'll be firing out questions tomorrow in order to give away these seats. Uh, we'll also be giving away a little bit of stuff from WPT Global, our feature sponsor for the month of May and June. Be sure to tune in tomorrow, 10.30 a.m. Pacific. We'll see you guys then. Peace.